everyone and welcome back. We are moving right along. We are on day 129 of Read the Bible in a Year podcast. And we are going to be reading um, in 1 Samuel. That's where we'll start today. And we're going to be finishing chapters 5 through 7 today. So we will go on and get started. After the Philistines had captured the Ark of God, they took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod, brought it into the temple of Dagon, and placed it next to his statue. When the people of Ashdod got up early the next morning, there was Dagon fallen with his face on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and returned him to his place. But they got up early the next morning, and there Dagon had fallen with it onto his face, with his face on the ground before the Ark of the Lord. This time Dagon's head, both of his hands were broken off and lying on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso remained. That is why still today the priests of Dagon and everyone who enters the temple of Dagon in Ashdod do not step on the Dagon's threshold. The Lord's hand was heavy on the people of Ashdod. He terrified the people of Ashdod and its territory and afflicted them with tumors. When the people of Ashdod saw what was happening, they said, The ark of Israel's God must not stay here with us because his hand is strongly against us and our God Dagon. So they called out or they called all the Philistine rulers together and asked, What should we do with the ark of Israel's God? The ark of Israel's God should be moved to Gath, they replied. So they moved the ark of Israel's God. After they moved it, the Lord's hand was against the city of Gath, causing a great panic. He afflicted the people of the city from the youngest to the oldest with an outbreak of tumors. But the people of Gath then sent the ark of God to Ekron. But when it got there, the Ekronites cried out, They've moved the ark of Israel's God to us to kill us and our people. The Ekronites called out or called all Philistine rulers together and they said, Send the ark of Israel's God away. Let it return to its place so it won't kill us and our people. For the fear of death pervaded the city. God's hand was oppressing them. Those who did not die were afflicted with tumors and the outcry of the city went up to heaven. Chapter 6. When the ark of the Lord had been in the Philistine territory for seven months, the Philistines summoned the priests and the diviners and pleaded, what should we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us how we can send it back to its place. They replied, if you send the ark of Israel's God away, do not send it without an offering. Send back a guilt offering to him and you will be healed. Then the reason his hand hasn't been removed from you will be revealed. They asked, what guilt offering should we send back to him? They answered, five gold tumors and five gold mice, corresponding to the number of Philistine rulers, since there was one plague for both you and your rulers. Make images of your tumors and of your mice that they are that are destroying the land. Give glory to Israel's God, and perhaps he will stop oppressing you, your gods, and your land. Why harden your hearts as the Egyptians and the Pharaoh hardened theirs? When he afflicted them, didn't they send Israel away and Israel left? Now then, prepare one new cart and two milk cows that have never been yoked. Hitch the cows to the cart, but take their calves away and pin them up. Take the ark of the Lord, place it in the cart, and put the gold objects that you are sending him as a guilt offering in the box beside the ark. Send it off and let, and let it go its way. Then watch. If it goes up the road to its homeland toward Beth Shemesh, it is the Lord who has made this terrible trouble for us. However, if it doesn't, we will know that it was not his hand that punished us, and it was just something that happened to us by chance. 
So the men did this. They took two milk cows, hitched them to the cart, and confined their calves in the pen. Then they put the Ark of the Lord on the cart, along with the box containing two gold mice and the images of their tumors. The cows went straight up the road to Beth Shemesh. Sorry for the baby in the background. She can't decide if she's going to wake up or not. Okay, I'm going to stop here and I'll be back with you all momentarily. Hey everyone, and we are back with day 129. I apologize for the interruption. Um, I had a kiddo that couldn't decide if she was going to wake up or not, and she decided she was going to wake up right in the middle of the podcast. So, it is what it is. So, um, just a, another day in the life of a new mom, uh, which I love every minute of it, so don't get me wrong, but I am sorry for the interruption. So, we will get back to First Samuel, and we were in chapter 6. Uh, I think I ended with verse 12, but we'll go on, and I'm going to start at verse 10 just to make sure that um, I've covered my basis. So we'll start with chapter 6, verse 10. The men did this. They took two milk cows, hitched them to the cart, and confined their calves in a pen. Then they put the ark of the Lord on the cart along with the box containing the gold mice and the images of their tumors. The cows went straight up the road for Beth, to Beth Shemesh. They stayed on that one highway, lowing as they went. They never strayed to the right or to the left. The Philistine rulers were walking behind them to the territory of Beth Shemesh. The people of Beth Shemesh were harvesting wheat in the valley, and when they looked up and saw the ark, they were overjoyed to see it. The cart came to the field of Joshua at Beth Shemesh and stopped there near a large rock. The people of the city chopped up the cart and offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. The Levites removed the ark of the Lord along with the box containing the gold objects and placed them on a, a large rock. That day, the people of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices to the Lord. When the five Philistine rulers observed this, they returned to Ekron that same day. As a guilt offering to the Lord, the Philistines had sent back one gold tumor for each city, Ashdod, Gaza, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron. The number of gold mice also corresponded to the number of Philistine cities of the five rulers, the fortified cities and the outlying villages. The large rock on which the Ark of the Lord was placed is still in the field of Joshua at Beth Shemesh today. God struck down the people of Beth Shemesh because they looked inside the Ark of the Lord. He struck down 70 persons. The people mourned because the Lord struck them with a great slaughter. The people of Beth Shemesh asked, Who is able to stand in the presence of the Lord, this holy God? To whom should the ark go from here? They sent messengers to the residence of Kiriath-Jerim, saying, The Philistines have returned the ark of the Lord. Come down and get it. <clears throat> Chapter 7 So the people of Kiriath-Jerim came for the ark of the Lord and took it to Abinadab's house on the hill. They consecrated his son Eleazar to take care of it. Time went by until twenty years had passed since the ark had been taken to, to Kiriath-Jerim. Then the whole house of Israel longed for the Lord. Samuel told them, If you are returning the, to the Lord with all your heart, get rid of the foreign gods and the Ashtoreths that are among you. Dedicate yourselves to the Lord and worship only Him. Then He will rescue you from the Philistines. So the Israelites removed the Baals and the Ashtoreths and worshipped only the Lord. 
Samuel said, Gather all Israel at Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord on your behalf. When they gathered at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out in the Lord's presence. They fasted that day, and there they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged Israel, the Israelites at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that the Israelites had gathered at Mizpah, the rulers marched up towards Israel. When the Israelites heard about it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. The Israelites said to Samuel, Don't stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, so that he will save us from the Philistines. Then Samuel took a young lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on behalf of Israel, and the Lord answered him. Samuel was offering the burnt offering as the Philistines approached to fight against Israel. The Lord thundered loudly against the Philistines that day and threw them into such confusion that they were defeated by Israel. Then the men of Israel charged out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, striking them down halfway to the place below Bethkar. Afterward, Samuel took a stone and he set it upright between Mizpah and Sin. He named it Ebenezer, explaining, The Lord has helped us to this point. So the Philistines were subdued and did not invade Israel's territories again. The Lord's hand was against the Philistines all of Samuel's life. The cities from Ekron to Gath, which they had taken from Israel, were restored. Israel even rescued their surrounding territories from Philistine control. There was also peace between Israel and the Amorites. Samuel judged, judged Israel throughout his life. Every year he would go on a circuit to Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah, and would judge Israel at all these locations. Then he would re return to Ramah because his home was there. He judged Israel there and built an altar to the Lord there. We will stop there. And we are moving on. I thought I'd lost my paper that had all my verses on it. We'll move on to the Gospel of John. And we are in John chapter 6, verse 1 through 21. Okay. After this, Jesus crossed the Sea of Galilee, or Tiberias. A huge crowd was following him because they saw the signs he was performing by healing the sick. Jesus went up a mountain, and he sat there with his disciples. Now the Passover, a Jewish festival, was near. So Jesus looked up and noticed a huge crowd coming toward him. He asked Philip, Where will we buy bread so these people can eat? He asked this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread wouldn't be enough for each of them to have a little. One of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they for? But what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, so they sat down. The men numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, and after giving thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also with the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were full, he told the disciples, Collect the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they collected them and filled twelve baskets with pieces from five barley loaves that were left over by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign he had done, they said, This truly is a prophet who has come into this world. Therefore, when Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. Darkness had already set in, but Jesus had not yet come to them. A high wind rose, and the sea began to churn. After they had rowed out about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. He was coming near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I, don't be afraid. 
Then they were willing to take him on board, and at once the boat was on shore where they were headed. And we will stop there. And move into Psalm 106. And we are reading 13 through 31. So, Psalm 106, 13. They soon forgot his works and would not wait for his counsel. They were seized with craving in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. He gave them what they asked for, but, but sent a wasting disease among them. In the camp, they were envious of Moses and of Aaron and the Lord's Holy One. The earth opened up and swallowed Dathan. It covered the assembly of Abiram. Fire blazed throughout their assembly. Flames consumed the wicked. At Horeb, they made a calf and worshipped the cast metal image. They exchanged their glory for the image of a grass-eating ox. They forgot God, their Savior, who did great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, awe-inspiring acts at the Red Sea. So he said he would have destroyed them if Moses, his chosen one, had not stood before him in the breach to turn his wrath away from destroying them. They despised the pleasant land and did not believe his promise. They grumbled in their tents and did not listen to the Lord. So he raised his hand against them with an oath that he would make them fall in the desert and he would disperse their descendants among the nations, scattering them throughout the lands. They aligned themselves with Baal of Peor and ate sacrifices offered to lifeless gods. They angered the Lord with their deeds and a plague broke out amongst them. But Phinehas stood up and intervened, and the plague was stopped, and it was credited to him as righteousness throughout all generations to come. We will stop there and move to Proverbs. And we are in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 32 and 33. The wicked one is thrown down by his own sin, but the righteous one has a refuge in his death. Wisdom resides in the heart of the discerning. She is known even among the fools. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.